The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek <laughs> Eagleton. Hello, guys. Welcome to another episode of Cowboys Break. Happy New Year to everyone. Happy New Year's to you guys. Do you Happy New Year? Do you come up with some good New Year's resolution? Nope. Nothing. Keep doing what I've been doing. I don't like to think of it that way. Like, no. just, just you always have some kind of it's different always thinking. different than the than the world. Just, I mean, yeah, yeah. You're right. No. What do, what do you like to think of? Just. Like don't don't do it because it's the new year. Just do it. Like if you want to do it, just do it. Did you go out on the thirty first? I sure did. It, I mean, more than usual. I mean, don't just do it because it's the new year. I mean, just do it. <laughs> I do didn't. It. I didn't do it any harder than I'd normally do. Um, yeah. Yeah. I went. Yeah. Hey, Shannon. Yeah. No. no. <laughs> okay. What about All you? Right. Did you have fun? Uh, yes. Good. Okay. <laughs> Not in a good way though. <laughs> All right. It sucked. But hey, I'm alive and we're here, ready to talk about Cowboys. Football, they are on the pl in the playoffs. Everyone knows that. This weekend, they are hosting the Seahawks. Seattle Seahawks. But before we get into any of that, uh, Blake Jarwin, he won NFC Offensive Player of the Week. And that's kind of, I mean, it's surprising in a way, not because of his performance last weekend. He got three touchdowns against the Giants, but... Surprising that the Cowboys have a tight end winning that for the first time ever. Now, I wanted to ask you guys, after seeing this performance and where we're at right now, does this change anything as far as tight end goes? As far as the position, did it come too late in the season? Or is this something that came up right at the right time for you to kind of start changing your tune as far as the tight end future for the Cowboys? Man, I, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I think at this point it's the best timing that it could possibly that you could possibly have, because you've been waiting. I think everybody's been waiting all season to see which, if any of these tight ends, would step up and have not that kind of performance because nobody predicted that, but have some kind of performance where you would start to think, okay, the tight end is actually a position where there's maybe some stability. Um, you can maybe count on it in certain situations, particularly in the red zone, um, and where you can force defenses to respect the middle of the field where your tight end might be, and that's been something that's yeah. been sorely missing all season. So, yes, the timing was great, and it certainly changes my opinion about what I think of the tight end position and how it fits into this offense. I don't think he should have won the award. I can tell you another player that, that was more deserving, oh. and it was Dak. Oh. Dak should have won that award. Dak had a better game. And there's a reason why, in my opinion, that no tight end in Cowboys history has ever won that award because it's not really – they're not doing anything out of the ordinary. They get open, make the make the play, make a catch, get up the field. He had one touchdown that was kind of a nice move. But for the most part, it was get the ball to your tight end when he's open. And I thought Dak – you know, then what he did the rest of the game, I thought Dak had a better game. But – I think it's really what I'm trying to say is I think it's on Dak for finding these guys, getting the ball to him, spreading around, find the open guy. Jarwin, good job getting open, making plays. But that's, I mean, that's half of it, though. That's half the battle, and that's that's something we've been, it's been a theme all year is Dak's accuracy hasn't always been great, 
Uh, but a lot of these guys aren't catching balls a lot of the times either. And this game stood out to me. Jarwin made those plays. Cole Beasley made those plays. Michael Gallup actually had a really nice one. Mm-hmm. Where the, I mean, it was not a well-thrown ball at all, but it's the NFL, right? And so I do think it matters uh, to have a tight end holding up his end of the bargain. Um, and you can go back. Actually, I thought about this. We were in a production meeting earlier today. Blake Jarwin and it wasn't an easy play at all, but he bobbled a pass from Dak that turned into an Earl Thomas interception in this game in week three. So I think it's a fitting indicator of how far he's come. I don't think he's going to do that again against Seattle, but it's it's one more threat. I think it does matter that the Seahawks have to respect the middle of the field if he's going to be playing that way. So very good timing. Yeah. Now, as far as threat, that being one of them and another piece that we've keep talking about Tavon Austin and when you start looking at the few things that he was able to do in the game against the Giants and now moving on to this next week are you guys expecting the Cowboys to really utilize him some way and we keep trying to figure this whole thing out but now it's at a time where okay now you really do need a guy like him on the field whether it's to do something as far as actual plays or be a distraction for defenses based on what you saw last weekend are you expecting the Cowboys to do anything different, involve, get him more involved? I wouldn't say necessarily different. I think what we saw last week is probably what I expect. Now, I think the results could be different. Um, I think that um, I look at him and Cole Beasley, Beasley very similarly. What I mean is I don't think what Cole did last weekend, I don't think Cole did that every week. I think this is one of those situations where one of those players, you would hope in a given week, kind of gets on a run a little bit and they, they're utilized a little bit more <clears throat> or have a little bit more success. Um, but that's uh, that's uh, as much as I would expect. Partying last night, huh? Somebody like Yelling him. a lot last <laughs> night. What was going on? He had something to yell about. No, I was good. I'm good. I'm good, Nick. Uh, um, no, but it, seriously, I don't, I don't, I don't think that they necessarily will do more with him. It's just that in certain games, he may have more of an impact uh, than he's had in other games. I thought that it was clear what they were trying to do was just put him on tape. Just do the things that he does. There was a little gadget play out of the backfield where, you know, where he caught the ball and went 10 yards. What else does he do? He does reverses. They didn't give him the ball, but they did a fake to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else does he do? Go deep. They threw one deep to him. He didn't catch it. What else? Return punts. He was out there. I just think they wanted to put him out there, put him on tape. We'll see what happens. I think he does a little bit more, but they wanted to kind of say, don't forget about this guy with Seattle to, to kind of get him on know, the radar, get him on the radar which, which really, just like Jarvin, just like everyone else, it's really about whatever you got to do, take your eyes off 21. That's what we're trying to get you to do. Here's a fun little tidbit, and I have to give credit to Todd Archer for this. There's a reason why I sit with him at practice every day. He's very, very good at what he does. And moves people if they sit there. True. I saw that yesterday. It's yeah. nice. Oh, it's like, we, get out of my seat. Get out of my seat. We sit there. We do. We move in them. We got a routine. We're 18 weeks into this thing. It's not time to change it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the routine looks like, this is what it looks like. The routine looks like Todd checks off all the players to see if you're there. You look at Twitter, and then you ask. <laughs> and him. then you collaborate. <laughs> That's not 100% true, but it's not 100% wrong. Got it. Okay. 50 50. Okay. Just because I'm holding my phone doesn't mean I'm not paying attention. I know. No, absolutely. Uh, Tavon tidbit. Tavon was full all last week, and he's limited now. Uh, Something came up either during the game or at practice yesterday, but so he's clearly bothered by something or else. 
he probably wouldn't if even if he'd be listed, he would have been full. But they downgrade him. Of course, he's a veteran. Maybe that's part of it. Being cautious with him, I don't know. But it's something to watch, and that's it gives me not a lot of confidence that he's going to have some big impact in this game, or even be active, or even be active. But that's the thing. We look and see what he is today. Is he still limited, mm-hmm. or has he moved back to full? Because if he's now limited, then it's one of those things where okay, we were working him back off a, a off a game. It was a short week, as you said, Nick, yesterday when we were out of practice. You look at that, and it really was. These guys are back out there practicing full like it's a Wednesday when really it's a Tuesday. So they're two days off a game, and most of those guys played. So maybe yeah. it's a situation where it absolutely coming off could the injury, be. let's just limit his time. So we'll see what he does today. But you're right. If it's limited again today, eyebrows should definitely raise, I would, mm-hmm. I would think. All, and the other thing, I'm not, I'm not giving – I'm not giving away secrets because they did it in front of the media. Well, I've gotten in trouble for that before, but um, <laughs> things think I'm this sorry, through. I shouldn't laugh that hard, but that yeah. just caught me by surprise. Let me say something else first, and then, yeah. and, and oh. then you think about whether or not you want to finish. That. <laughs> yeah, good point. Know. But um, Jason did say yesterday um, in his uh, press conference or afterwards about how he was real adamant about special teams, about getting more guys out there, flying down the field. They've got C.J. Goodwin now. Mm -hmm. He wants to see that. It's a point of emphasis. Lance Lenore was a guy that was doing that, and then he – He's not. He didn't play last week because a good one. He was inactive with Austin coming back. But they still need that to get that. They need more speed. They need more guys that can fly down the field and do that. So I'm wondering if they decide not to play Tavon, is it because they want a little bit more special teams help from that standpoint? But it's the flip side to that too, because they they're oh, wanting right. yeah they wanting Tavon to give them a little more juice there returning the ball. Yeah. So it's it's kind of give or take. Right? Suffice to say that it's something to watch. Okay. And and I don't have you know. It's disappointing for me. You can go back and find the shows. Like I had sky high optimism for what Tavon Austin could bring for this offense. So I would love to see him have some big role in this game. I kind of lean toward not thinking they're going to so. face a player who you would love for Tavon Austin to have that role. Tyler Lockett mm. to have that role mm. as a second or maybe third receiver. He's a punt returner. He can do things. He can he fly. Can get by you. On, I will you know, say Tavon Frazier. He can get by you. But true. But Tyler Lockett is a far better pure receiver than Tavon, though. I just, I mean, he's a route. He's their leading receiver. He's a route runner. But I, now their top guy's also been out. Their top guy's also been out for a good part what of the year. What made the Rams draft him in the eighth, the eighth overall pick? I mean, that's been a bust. It was Tavon has been a bust. They saw the speed, speed. And, and they just wanted the speed, right? Yeah, but I mean, what sucks is like before he got here or during that time that it happened. You know, everyone was questioning, okay, can they find the role for him, which that has been the problem that teams have had with him as far as role. And then you listen to Linehan talk and how confident they sounded as far as, oh, yeah, call him whatever you want. Mm -hmm. He's a receiver, running back, whatever you want to call him. Uh, Just made it sound like they were confident that they were going to be able to really find a good role for him. And it's disappointing that... We're here in the season. Half of it has been injured, but the other half, you never really saw that think, happening from him. Think about this. If we did a point counterpoint back in the summer, who will the Cowboys find a way to create a role for more? Tavon Austin or Rico Gathers? Which guy are they going to really find a role for and who's going to have a bigger role? Because you can start off by saying it was Tavon, but I mean, they've created, they've made sure that Rico had a role. Yeah. yeah. No, I would have said Tavon for sure. Yeah, me and that's, too. But it's like, really? Like, they really haven't found the role for him. They no. they love the tight ends. That they love the mm-hmm. tight end. They haven't found a role at all. And that's you know it's obviously been derailed by the injury, and you can't blame him for that. But like even I mean they played six games or seven games with him, and 
it no. I mean, they didn't know what to do with him, but, or they didn't execute it the way they wanted to. Right. I don't whatever you want to say, but they it, didn't do it. I think what has to be factored in though is that this offense changed a bit when they got Amari Cooper, and he hasn't been a part of that. So now, not only did they not really find a great role for him before he got hurt, but now they're having to almost start over to some degree because the offense is a little different now that you have Cooper out there. So how do you work him in to that? So that's going to be a, no, a whole different thing, and that's why. You know, at this point, the way I look at it is find a few gadgets for him every every game. Like I said before, it, the results are really what you expect that are going to fly. Like if they can get him back and they start using him kind of sparingly, I still have no doubt that at some point, if they can go deeper in the playoffs, at some point he'll make a play for them that's going to win him a game. Right? I think he can do that. He has that ability, and that's the thing about a player like him. You can't come in expecting he's going to be in every week great producer like that's not what his role is his role will be he's gonna have those little gadget plays and those gadget roles and that means sometimes he'll hit other times not so much but the defense will be paying attention is the hope will be paying attention to him is your hope at this point do you think that defenses let's talk Seattle because that's who we're facing next do you think Seattle is consider him as a player that would be a threat to them in certain situations yes I think in certain situations. So it's to a point that they kind of have implanted that in other teams to mm -hmm. where, okay, yes, he is a threat. Or they see him as and just somebody else that they could take out easily. Let's not use the word th threat in the way, like, the way you say threat, <laughs> okay. it's That's, almost like, I don't want to call him a threat. <laughs> yeah, like, he's a he's on the team. Yeah, it's sure. Not like, I don't know if DEFCON 5 is better than <laughs> DEFCON 4, but it's not that. But I do think it's something that an, an opposing defense is aware. If, if he is running across the field in motion... They're aware of him. No doubt about it, they're aware of him. And that could create but just scared, that little bit. Just aware. Maybe, maybe not. But the point yeah. is, if they're aware, then that means that may give you that beat yeah, where the yeah. linebacker has to hold that creates a hole on the other side for you to hand off to Zeke. So my point is, he doesn't have, again, he doesn't have to have great numbers every week. His ability to be on the field and what he does well, which is use his speed, that can give you some advantages in certain situations because teams have to be aware of him. But this, and that's the whole reason that I thought he could really have a nice year here. And I'm not trying to kill him because he's been hurt and that's not his fault. But it has not materialized. And the fact that he's on the injury report again right now does not give me any confidence whatsoever that it will materialize in this that playoff game. So, yeah. Did not expect to spend that much time. I know. Well, that's a good that nugget, though. Yeah. Good nugget. Yeah. <laughs> So. Nuggets are good. Nuggets are good. Nuggets are good. All right, let's take our first break. When we come back, let's dive in real quick on the other guys that are injured and see where they were at today as far as limited and their level of participation at practice. And then we'll dive into the Seattle offense and see what they got going on right now. If you're like me and you love... I mean, if you have a... Hi thing then cutting the cord is scary but then i found out i could switch to direct tv now and still get the live sports i love no satellite needed no bulky hardware no annual contract just get the live sports you love try direct tv now for ten dollars a month for three months visit directtvnow.com direct tv now more for your thing that's our thing use code real deal limited time price for a little, little package after three months from use monthly at full price currently minimum forty dollars unless canceled prices may change new subscribers only cancel anytime content varies by package and may be limited restrictions apply you want the most interesting up to the minute dallas cowboys news straight from the star in frisco how about exclusive and on command that's right news and nuggets you can't find anywhere else with our exclusive cowboys content on alexa you 
can have all the answers, secrets, stories, and more. What's Stephen Jones thinking during a game? What's Joe Looney's favorite pregame meal? We take your questions to Cowboys players and coaches, and you can hear the answers directly back to you. Just say, Alexa, open Dallas Cowboys. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and of course with yours truly me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm and a Cowboys can cooler. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. While a player can look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. Back to the break. We are back. Welcome back to the second segment of the break. Several guys that have been on the injury report showed up as limited yesterday, which is a good sign as far as Zach Martin. Uh, you got Tyrone Crawford as well, Tyron Smith. I think it's not any different today than what it was yesterday. If anything, it would be better. But the only other guy with the big question mark around it is Xavier Suofilo, who hurt his ankle in the game against the Giants. And at this point, still hasn't practiced. And it doesn't look like it's going to be any different yeah. and probably most likely would not play this weekend. I, I, I think you're getting way too ahead. You don't think so? Now it's Wednesday. I mean, it is Wednesday and it's still, and they play on Saturday. I get it, but I still think that he could come back and play in this game. I don't know that for sure, but I just, I mean, let's just see how they listed him today. He wasn't out there when we saw him, but I think there's going to be a big difference between him and Connor Williams. I think the, they'll try to get him to play. He needs to play. Yeah, He needs to play. And just himself. to be clear, <clears throat> Garrett said in his press conference that uh, he is moving around better. What that means, who knows? He said he's not ready to practice, but he says he's moving around better. We'll see how that progresses over the next couple of days. But I agree with you, Nick. I, I think he needs to play. I'm, I'm, I would be a little bit worried if, if Connor's out there just because I, <clears throat> I just think that right now Connor is just – he needs more strength. His technique isn't great, and we saw it. I don't know how many of you guys have seen that video that's circulating on Twitter. I was telling you guys about it in the break, but on one of the sacks last week, defender just basically ripped him to the ground. Ripped and just, who to the Connor? Okay, because you yeah. said Suafilo. No, in the I was break. meaning Connor. I'm sorry. Gotcha. Yeah, just kind of grab. They were they were they were they they kind of connected, and then he just basically just ripped him Jerked to the him. ground. And it was just you know it's one of those situations where the offensive line get, lineman gets overextended, his balance is off, and then the defender just basically uses that against him, rips him down, and then he's off to the quarterback. And again, it just underscored to me that Connor's just not there yet. Mm -hmm. And and that doesn't mean he can't get there. 
I think it's the reason why Suofilo took the job when he got hurt and didn't give it back is because I think they probably see the same thing, that Connor's just not there yet. Yeah, but I'm torn how I feel about this because we've seen this before. Uh, Xavier hurt his ankle in the, what would that have been, the Saints game? And uh, it's the same ankle he played. So played against the, the Eagles here at AT and T, and he wasn't good. Yeah, a little shaky. He yeah. he struggled. And I mean, obviously, you're an offensive lineman. Like you need to be able to plant your feet. And if your ankle is sprained, that's probably going to be pretty difficult. So I don't know. I don't. And I agree with both of. I agree with what you're saying that starting Connor Williams in this game is not my ideal scenario. But a fully healthy. Connor, who needs more power and technique, or a guy who can't plant on his foot. No, don't get me I wrong. Know. I am I mean, not. I'm not saying I want to see uh, Xavier out there hobbled. Like that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is my hope is that he's actually capable of playing. Which and, and then you put him out there because I think he is better. I think he's sizably better right now than what Connor is when he's healthy. Now he's not going to be 100, percent but what's that range where he can still be effective? Even if he's not healthy, that's where I want to hopefully get him. This is one of those, you know, we talk about with Tyron Smith all the time. He's like, well, he doesn't need to practice. Like, he just plug him in. If he can go, he can go. I'm not sold that Xavier Suofilo is that guy. Like, not practicing all week, being hobbled. I don't want to say you get rusty because I think it takes more than a week for that to happen. But just you need the practice time. Connor's getting the practice time. Connor's not hurt. Again, I'm not... I'm not trying to sell this as some ideal scenario, but I do think this is a genuine question where what's the better option? You know, I, I, I kind of lean toward the healthy guy, maybe. You maybe. know, go back to that game against Philadelphia on the road, the first game he played, if I, if I remember correctly, he did not even take all the reps that week. It was him and Redmond. They were right. back and forth yeah, with, yeah. It, you know, which one was going to be. And then very end of the week, it was like, all right, this is going to be Suofilo, and he played really well in that game and so i i kind of think he can he can kind of come back i think personally he will want to play um i don't know we, everyone says that but like this is a big deal for him you know as well i mean this, he was a high draft pick he was cut he's trying to resurrect his career he really needs to to, to play in this game so I, I think he will definitely try i don't think there's anything wrong with playing him starting him in the game and then if it just doesn't work it doesn't work I mean, and it seemed like at one point i don't know if you guys thought the same thing when he got hurt over there it seemed as if he was ready to go back in at one point that he might go back into the game and they yeah. didn't put him back but it looked that way he was standing around kind of off to on, on the sideline and I mean that's the impression that I gave me and then seeing the report that he hasn't done anything yet all right let's go back to what we talked about in the last segment so let's say Suofilo, he can play. He's gonna. He, he looks like he's ready to go. We'll see. He's a little gimpy. He's not 100, percent but I think he can play. We. Do you want to start him? I think the Cowboys would probably say yes. We need to make sure Redmond is active because we need to make sure Connor is ready. Yeah. That goes back to what you just said about who's your luxury player here. Mm. Luxury players: Tavon Austin. You you can Beasley can return the punts, and someone else can can get his three snaps on offense. So totally possible. So that could be your luxury and, guy. And Sean Lee can still play. With the way that they have utilized Tavon Austin or lack thereof, I'd rather have all hands on deck on my gimpy offensive line than yes. the five snaps that Tavon's going to give. Could yeah. defensive line also be another area where you would look at that? I mean, I, well, you, assuming you got Crawford back. Well, that, that's that's the thing. And he said yesterday, and it's a good segue there, because uh, mm -hmm. Tyrone did talk for the first time since the injury. And I think the word scary or scare was mentioned 46 times, 47 maybe. I mean, As what, it should be. As it should be. Yeah. And so they, they asked him, 
one of the reporters asked him, do you think that, you know, you're okay to come back and play? You think they would have you out there if you, if you could risk further injury? And you could just tell he was thinking like, um, you know, I, I think I'm okay. I'm, I guess the trainers wouldn't have me out there. Right. Right. And you know, it was right. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. I was like, so give me some confirmation. Right. He's like, no, I know. I know the trainers would have me out. There. I'm good. Yeah, I'm I know. good guys. Yeah. It's always important. I think <laughs> to stop and take perspective of how insane football is. Cause they had to take his face mask off and immobilize him and take him to the hospital 10 days ago. I th- and now we're talking about whether he can play another game. I thought it was interesting that he, that's crazy. He said, the moment he thought it was really bad was when the offensive lineman for the Bucks asked him, "Dude, are you okay?" And he's like, "That's when I kind of really got scared because I like they don't ever do that. Yeah. Players don't ever say." He that. said, "Especially the, opposing." Players. He yeah, said yeah. the other guy heard whatever popped in his neck. Yeah, which yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I so, know you. You kind of pop your neck sometimes. Was yeah. it that or was it like bone? I, w- I wasn't there. I don't know, but you weren't in the trenches. There? I was not. I was not down if on the field. Someone could hear you, that with all access. the loud noises around. Yeah, and that's oh, you hear me crack my neck in a yeah. quiet office, not in the stadium with ninety thousand people. Boy, so a lot of other stuff being uh, yeah. ninety thousand eighty five. I mean, last week it was two. two bucks. Oh, two. How many? Yeah, what? Yeah, How many people do you think were there? It Hold was, on. You're right. You're it right. was a sellout. Yeah. It was a sellout. Ninety two thousand. I was thinking. I was thinking last week. I'm sorry. I was thinking last yeah. week. and that was not a sellout. Seventy seven thousand. Um. Yeah. At, yeah. It wasn't a bad crowd at New York. No, it was it was pretty good, especially actually, the upper level. I actually give the Giants fans credit. The Cowboys fans? Well, the Cowboys fans were there too. It was there. Half and half. Was a lot of Giants fans there. I mean, it was. I, but I think you probably want to keep all hands on deck on your defensive line too. Just, in, I mean, how confident do you feel about Tyrone? I don't know. That's the thing about like those kind of injuries, though. I don't look at that as um, that. To me, is more about is he if he's ready. It's not, I don't think yeah. that's something where it's, it's like not soft. You get into issue. the game. Yes, you get into the game and all of a sudden it starts acting up. Right. Like your neck doesn't start acting up. It's it's either healthy or it's not. And if it's not, then he's not. Well, he said, "I'm definitely going to feel it, so I just got to play through it." But it's better than he thought it would be. I just think that games like that, you, you, your luxury players are not going to be. You don't have yeah. time for them. You don't I mean you don't have the, the space. So, um, Davon maybe won't be active. Maybe Sean Lee's not active in this game. It's possible. It's definitely possible. Oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, it just breaks my heart, Sean. Lee. Yeah, I mean, yeah, playoff game. You kind of want him out. There. No, I think he'll be active. Yeah, I do too. Good. I do too. But you probably have that conversation. Like, well, is he giving us special team snaps? What's going on here? I mean, yeah, yeah so. Hey, if you told Sean Lee I need you to run down on a kickoff, he'd be like, "What's I'm in." Yeah, no, that's <laughs> I'm a good point. Yeah. to kick. That's a really. I mean, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point. He yeah. would. He absolutely would. I don't know how good he'd be at it, but he'd give it everything he's got. True. So, yep. Let's go ahead and take an early break now, so that we get your report uninterrupted. Okay. About the Seahawks' offense when we come back. While a player could look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com football. 
It's time for tailgate with the Otterbox boys. Otterbox? The makers of those crazy protective phone cases? The one and only. They're also wild about protecting parking lot parties from sad drinks. It's why they made Elevation Tumblers. Rumor around the Crock-Pot is they're made from stainless steel with a copper lining to keep temps hot or cold. True. They even come in seven different sizes, up to 64 ounce, the Growler. Hmm. I like how Otterbox drinks. I mean, thanks. And that's been tailgating with the Otterbox boys. Check out all the colors and sizes of their Elevation Tumblers at otterbox.com. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm and a Cowboys can cooler. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. A man's Stetson doesn't just protect him from life's elements. It projects an unstoppable and legendary spirit, just like the men wearing silver and navy on the field every Sunday. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. They are still the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find Stetson hats in the pro shop or at Stetson.com today. To the break. All right, I'm gonna have everyone, all right. I'm gonna have everyone help me with this Tommy uh, John. Just one word. I just need one word from each of you. One word to describe Tommy John, and I'm gonna go with you first because it's uh, they have it men's and women. So one word to describe Tommy John. Go. Soft. Comfortable. He's comfortable. Commando. Com- commando. Oh. <laughs> Feels like your commando. Feels like you got it. Okay. Okay. I like it. Soft. Taco. 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 Okay. Oh man, Kent, that's wow, inappropriate. Um, soft. <laughs> Finish it. Finish Soft. it. Com- uh, commando. It feels like Commando because like it's commando. so soft. Because it's so soft and, and because it's of just that, so light. It's, so it's like the material is really light. TommyJohn.com so forward slash Cowboys. Get 20% off your first order. Soft, Commando-like, and comfortable. Boom. It is a Tommy John day. Let's go, baby. All right. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Derek. Dave. Now I want to hear about the Seattle offense and how different they are at this time of the year compared to last time the Cowboys saw hmm. them. Y'all remember when we sat here in September and I was like, I don't know why I don't give the ball to Chris Carson. Like, that guy is really good. Well, I mean, I'm not trying to say that you they told listen to the break. But, I mean, we saw, they got a heavy dose of Chris Carson in that first game. And then the Seahawks were like, we're just going to keep doing that. Yeah. Uh, because He had 13 combined carries in the first two games of this season. 13 stats. He finished the season with 247 carries, mm. uh, still about 50 behind Zeke, but he's been averaging 20, par- 20 carries per game since he basically took over the starting job. He was top five in rushing this year, or was yeah, he top a, ten? Uh, definitely top ten. At one point, he was top five. I don't know if he still is. But he's at, ele- at 1,151 yards, so he's he's up there. He has had a nice season, and I think the world of Russell Wilson. I would have voted for him for MVP if I had a vote last year. 
But like, really, I, this whole thing is about Chris Carson and the Seattle run game. And to be fair, they have a committee. Um, Mike Davis is a name you need to know. He's their number two. That's his first name, right? Yes, Mike Davis. Sorry, North Carolina. Uh, Mike Davis, 112 attempts. He's at 500 yards. Rashad Penny, the first round pick, is at 400 yards. Russell Wilson has 400 as well. So I mean, they have a committee. But Chris Carson is the dude. He's the closest thing they've had to Marshawn Lynch since they had Marshawn Lynch. He is a tough, physical son of a gun, and he sets up everything else that they want to do. Like, he never goes down on first contact. He never goes anywhere but forward. He is a tough son of a bee, and he sets up the play action. He sets up everything Russell Wilson wants to do. So for, for my money, as good as Russell Wilson is, it's all about slowing that down, which is going to be easier said than done. They're first in the league at 160 rushing yards per game. And much like last time, I think that's what they're just going to stubbornly commit to that run. And right, so the, let me ask you this. Yeah. That being said, what gives you confidence or do you have no confidence uh, based on what you saw the Cowboys do, particularly in Indianapolis, that the Cowboys will write that and not end up in a situation where, again, against a power running team, they don't get eaten up. Which, that indie game is so weird because, I mean, they just looked lost. Like they And, and we've seen teams run on them. The, the Seahawks ran for 110 yeah. yards on 40 carries. Then right. that's so... I think... Carson averaged 2.8 yards per carry in this last game. You know, I think the And that's Colts, what makes the indie game so weird. I think the Colts are, are very unique in, in the sense that I think because of the offense is structured, I think they pass to run. I really believe that that the way that luck gets those guys open, the passing game opens up a little bit more running game for them. Maybe you could say that Brady does the same in New England. And and most teams aren't that way. Most teams run the ball so they can set things up, play action and all that. I think it's different with them. Uh, and so, therefore, I, I, I think it's a tough matchup, you know, for some teams. And the Cowboys were really caught off guard. I don't think they'll be – uh, they'll, they'll have a, a, a hard time getting – I don't think they'll get gashed like they did in that game. I really also, don't. I think it's worth pointing out the Seahawks do not have the Colts offensive line. Like Quentin Nelson – That is a big point. He's yeah. not going to win rookie of the year. He should absolutely be in consideration. Uh, Braden Smith is, is really good as well. Like their offense – I mean, Andrew Luck has only been sacked like 14 times this year or whatever the number is. <laughs> this is not that. Yeah. This offensive line literally – from week to from week sixteen to week seventeen, they shuffled the lineup. Like not because somebody was hurt, but just because they're not performing the way they would prefer. Uh, Jermaine Affetti, he was the offensive lineman drafted in the whole Paxton Lynch situation a couple years ago. Did I mean they drafted him as a tackle and he played guard? He played right guard this past week. Um, but their offensive line is not. There were a couple years there a few years ago where their offensive line was just. Uh, and it's, it's not that it's certainly better than it has been like they I mean Chris Carson's an 1100 yard rusher and Russell yeah. Wilson has had more time but they're not amazing like by any means so between Leighton Vander Esch and Jalen Smith and then I think Antoine Woods and Malik Collins will have a much better day that's that is what gives me hope is I think it's a better matchup for the front seven against this line than it was in Indianapolis. It sounds like what you're saying is very similar to what the Cowboys experienced against this, against this team. It's not that the offensive line, I mean, it's not that this running game just completely gashes you. It is that they, they consistently stick to it. And over time with volume, they kind of wear you down a bit. They can gash you though. If you're not, I mean, if you're not on your screws, which mm -hmm. 
I like I just I like Chris Carson a lot. He's yeah. fun to watch. He's got two of the goofiest, awesomest plays of the season. Like week two against Denver, he literally leapt over. I mean, Zeke, remember what Zeke did in Philly? He did it better because he leapt over a guy who was standing upright and kept running. And then in Carolina a month and a half ago, he got flipped upside down. I saw that landed on his hand. And like, he's just he's fun player to watch. And he's a guy you got to account for. Um, And then obviously, Russell Wilson is he's such a freelancer. um, And that's that's the bummer is like he's one of those guys where you can do everything right and still get burned. And that's something they're going to have to watch out for. Easier said than done. It's a cliche at this point with mobile quarterbacks, but you got, I mean, you have to keep them in the pocket and that's the Seahawks. I I was talking about this with Brian this morning is like, this is what I want to see Dak Prescott do. This is the scheme that I want for Dak. And I hope the Cowboys can tailor an offense. that's more suited for him because Russell Wilson, he's a great quarterback. He can pass from the pocket. He's very accurate. They don't ask him to do it that much. They really don't. Like they have a lot of read option concepts. Like they run most of their running game from the shotgun. He's always a threat to take the ball, uh, and that's something they got to watch out for in this game. But like they move the pocket. He rolls out. He does play action. You know, he does all the same stuff with bootlegs and waggles that Dak does. He's constantly on the move because he's better that way. The best throw of Dak's year was the one to Beasley the other day, right? What was he doing? He was running. drifting. That's Wilson drifts. And if you don't keep him contained, he'll kill you because that's how he's great throwing the ball, and he can also run. Um, so, good luck, Cowboys defensive ends. But you just gotta give me a keep quick refresher of what the Cowboys D line was able to do against him last time they faced him. I don't have he what like he was not he was honestly not amazing in that game. Like he made the throws that he needed to. The big the backbreaker was the fifty two yarder to Tyler Lockett. He he slipped right in between Kayvon and Cheeto. You know, his stats, 16 of 26, 192, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Running the ball, he um, was two for minus one. So he didn't really run. Yeah. Which game. Uh, I, I do remember that was the game that I think Heath was out for a little bit. Kayvon had to come in and play, and they found yes. Lockett um, for a 52-yard touchdown. They picked on him immediately. You know, going in, I was looking back at some of the snap counts and see if like how different some of the, the team, the, both teams are. You know, Vanderesh only played 33 snaps in that game. It was um, the game Lee got hurt yeah, in initially. Now, he did play well. I remember that's the first time we were like, wow, Vanderesh is, is actually playing really well. And, and other than the first two games where he wasn't starting, and then he didn't start against the Redskins, you know, up there. But since he's taken over, he's getting 50, 55, 58 snaps a game. So this, this you know, that's the one thing that's different about the, what the Cowboys are doing is Vanderesh is playing, playing mm-hmm. better. He's going to be on the field a lot more, but that D line rotation was pretty much the same. Um, it's encouraging. He carried two times for minus one. That's encouraging to think that they can keep him contained, and they did it uh, in in that instance. And to bring it back to Dak, the other thing that is really encouraging for me, like people want to hate on Dak, like they, they don't throw the ball that well. That that's his average. For the season, Seattle's averaging 193 passing yards per game. Because again, Russell Wilson's a stud. He's he would play it at an MVP level last year, but he is taking a backseat to this running game mm-hmm. because that's what they want. That's what they're good at. That's what they want to do. That's how they won those Super Bowls on offense. 
set up the run and let everything else flow I, through that. I would, and Russ just reliably makes the plays that he has to when he needs to. And he's even better like that because he doesn't have to do it the whole game. He just has those moments when if he catches you, he's going to hit you for a big play, and that's that's I, usually the winner. I just I. I, and I, this is what I want to see Dak Prescott doing. I think he'd be really good at it. Yeah, I um, agree. I'd like to see how many times, how many, what are the Seahawks ranking in rushing yard? I mean, 160 per game, first, best in the first, league. First, okay, I was going to say because, I mean, to have three other pl- players at 400 yards on with a 1,100 yard back, I mean, that's amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. Zeke's sitting here at 1,400, led, led the league. But the next guy is Dak at three some three hundred, and then you got Rod Smith at one hundred and twenty seven, and yeah. Heath has yards. I mean, goofy fun stat that uh, if you, the goofy stat du jour last year was that uh, Russ was the only player on the Seahawks that had a rushing touchdown. They didn't have a running back. Uh, they have fifteen rushing touchdowns this year, which is actually more than Dallas. Mm-hmm. And Russell Wilson has none. Mm-hmm. They're all running backs. So they committed to fixing that, and they've done a good job of it. Um, Another thing that I think is worth pointing out, where was it? Um, this dead air is gonna yeah, get, sorry. Get me to help me, throw me out. I hate this stat, and I look at it a lot now. Opponent penalty yards. I don't know why this is a big deal. The Cowboys, when they're playing, the teams that they're playing get called for six hundred and eighty-one penalty yards. Seattle, nine hundred and eighty-one yards. Teams that are playing against them get yeah. that many. And I and I really think all year long, every time I look at that stat, it's always very higher for the other team, which makes me think now. And I I'm not getting into this all the league hates the Cowboys type stuff, but I'm just saying they're way under the league average on getting calls or or whatever. I mean, we saw a game this year where Philadelphia was called zero times yeah. and, and lost at home. That's that's hard to do. So. Um, I know it was brought to our attention today. We were just talking about who the officiating crew is. And it's the mm-hmm. same same guy that did the Romo bobble. snap bubble <laughs> snap game. Wonderful. <laughs> Broadus will talk about officials. Say, right? do, do we want to even bring up that it's like 10, what is it, 12 years yeah, to the weekend since the Romo almost, game? Almost yeah. the day, yeah. yeah. And one day, if they'd played Sunday, it would have been to the day. Which is and and I'm, I thought CBS might try to bring Romo back for that game. Oh, God. Romo was probably like, no. Yeah, he's like, no, <laughs> not doing that. it. Like, no, thank no. Oh, here's my I move beyond it. Here's my dumb stat. Um, Dak has actually carried the ball more times than Russell Wilson has. Like, that is just not something that I would think. But Russ averages two more yards per attempt. I think Russ is a little bit quicker. Like, he's mm, faster than Dak is. But I still think there there is a way to utilize Dak better in the running game. And, and that's, I mean, a lot of stuff Russ does is improvised. Just like, and some of Dak's best stuff is improvised. Mm. But... He can just hurt you so bad, you know. If if you you got to finish him off because if you get there and he gets away from you, then that's eleven on ten, and he's running for eighteen yards, and he does it in every single game apparently, except for the Dallas game. Which good, I hope they can do that again. Because mm-hmm. um, that's like like I said, you can do everything right, and he'll still kill you, which is a bummer. Uh, Arizona blitzed him a lot; they sacked him six times just four days ago. So something to consider. We know that Rod Marinelli doesn't really like to blitz, but Maybe in the interest of getting him on the ground, they'll consider it. Now, as far as turnovers go, we've known how this defense has had to carry the Cowboys offense throughout the whole year. Is this something that you're seeing? What? I'm glad you – thank you for reminding me. They've only turned the ball over 10 times this year. Seattle. Seattle. Best in the league. Wow. So 
anything's possible, but like I'm not going into this game banking that the defense is going to steal a possession mm-hmm. for you. So, and that's big. Yeah, that's really big. So if they can, great. But like this is a tough team to get the ball from. Russ wow. doesn't throw a lot. He he threw a pick against Arizona, ironically, but he hasn't thrown a lot. I didn't realize he was doing that good. He's well because he's not he's not having to carry everything yeah. the way he did last year. So like he's having a really good season, but. He, that's you know he's got other people to help him out. But the thing to consider here too is the Cowboys have played really good defense this year and won some games for this team without necessarily having a lot of turnovers. Like they're not at the top of the league when it comes to turnovers. So um, so I don't know that turnovers are how the Cowboys defense have to do it. Like they look no. The way I look at it is this defense is about making stops and holding teams instead of getting touchdowns to field goals. That's that's what makes them really and really good. They haven't they haven't lived on getting turnovers all year, so that's yep. fine. One of the things, obviously, the offense played terrible in that game up in Seattle, but they gave up a 52-yard touchdown, which has not been their M.O. Right. And in a, I mean, so 24-13, and, and one of their touchdowns was defensive, was it not? When, didn't Earl score? What, in this uh, game? No, in week did three. He, he, he had two no, turnovers, right? Two. But I don't think he scored. He oh, but he set them up, like, in the yeah. red zone. Yeah. yeah. But you can't give up the backbreaking. And you, you got to play your red zone game. Yeah. That's what they've done all And year. we'll talk about the defense tomorrow, but I yeah. think that's where – I'm interested to see because without Earl, and I think there's another safety they just put on IR. Uh, we'll talk a lot about that defense and what that defense looks like and what it even looks like over the last couple of weeks um, after they've maybe lost a player or two. But Yeah, so make cool. sure to tune in tomorrow and kind of get a full uh, scouting report and a good feeling of what this Seattle is bringing to AT&T. And we'll see you tomorrow for what's your name? Bye. Okay. Nikki Man- Bye. Bye. Man- Derek Eagleton, David Hailman, Amber Garcia. We'll be back tomorrow. This has been The Break on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about-